What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 235 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Deitch. What's up, dude? Oh, not a whole lot. Feels good to be dry. Feels good to be dry, yeah. yeah. We got more rain today than what we did uh, all summer long. I think somebody told me this after, told me tonight, like half an inch we had. Really? And that was like in a half an hour time period right there today. When, I, we left, are, when oh. I left work today, there was some water sitting in the ditch. It's like, holy sh... Like, yeah. like, when's the last time we saw that? Well, yeah, we were out there practicing football. And oh, it was yeah, just like, that's right. It's like, you know, day before the before a game. So it's like, we got to get it in here, fellas. Let's hustle up. We hustled up through warm-ups, and then pretty soon it started raining. And it's like, we looked at the radar. It's like, ah, it looks like a pretty heavy sell. But, you know, it might just quick pass us by. We'll just stay yep. out here. And it just sat there and poured on us for like, it's like at that point, we're like, we're wet anyway, so yep. we might as well keep on practicing. When and, you knew it was only going to be about 10 minutes, it was small, but it was right. a, it was a little powerful, a little bugger. Yep. So uh-huh. yeah, I was pretty much soaked head to toe. Like I was walking back. I went up and put my phone in my truck and the other coach's phone in my truck so that they wouldn't get wet. And I'm walking back and somebody drives by and they're like, you want to borrow my umbrella? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm a little late now as I'm like wringing out my <laughs> yeah. sweatshirt and stuff like yep. that. It's like, we're already wet, so we're we're all right. Yep. So I got I to gotta quick throw this out there because I'm thinking about it right now. If I if I say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until later, I'll forget about it. But our droopy friend Ramrod texts me today, and he, he might be on to something here, Matt. Oh, yeah? We're talking pizza. Talking, Uh-oh. talking tacos, and we're talking pizza right off the get go. Yeah, so I, this has nothing to do with fishing. We're 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 freestyling already. But uh, uh, so he texted me this afternoon. He said, "Hey, I might have something. What do you think about taco pizza, but instead of sauce, queso cheese?" Well, yeah, I mean that you could make a million dollars doing right. that. There's, I gotta say that there's there's got to be somewhere. Is there that, that you would think so that has queso cheese as the as the sauce? We can he, get, probably, he probably he, he probably, probably found that yeah he probably Texas saw it on or Pinterest like and probably saw it on like, Pinterest. Hey, what do you think of this? And he's probably just robbing it for his own ideas. I'm just telling you, it's a great I, idea though. I mean, if, if he came up with it himself, this might be Ramrod's greatest life accomplishment <laughs> thus far. <laughs> thus far, thus far. So I don't know. I, I thought about it. Uh, I. I I just kind of got thinking about pizza. You know, I'm on the diet right now. You're on Matt. the diet, so yeah. you're thinking about good food yeah. a lot, but you just yeah. can't eat it. Thinking about it, not eating it. Thinking <laughs> about it, but uh, whatever. We'll talk about uh, we'll talk about the Midwest Angler Biggest Loser competition a little bit later in the show. But uh, as for right now, uh, episode 235 is brought to you by our friends over at Dakota Angler in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's Dakota Angler, home of the Ice Institute that's coming down the pipe uh, only just a little bit over a month away. Uh, because only, it, it's only a couple days here and we're, uh, in October we're into already. October and uh, get through October and uh, right there at basically the beginning of November, second weekend, uh, we've got the Ice Institute and uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously really looking forward to it. Uh, if you follow them on Facebook at the Ice Institute page, uh, every single week they're, they're announcing more and more uh, uh, vendors that are signing up to come. Uh, this is going to be the biggest and best Ice Institute ever. And uh, that's saying something because the last few years have been freaking incredible. They, yeah. they're, they're just a freaking blast. There's so many people there. There's so much uh, uh, gear and, and tackle and rods and whatever. 
Uh, if you're interested in ice fishing at all, this is the one to be at. It definitely is. And not only the gear and everything like that and the great deals that go on there, like, you know, they'll announce some of them right before the show. They won't let them leak too early. But uh, just the camaraderie of the whole event, oh, yeah. too, you know, and it, it really gets those juices flowing for the ice season and gets us excited about it because for most of us, we're hoping that after the Ice Institute, you know, ice is only – you know, a few weeks away, some guys might even be, have been on ice by the time. Right. The ice right. That has around. happened so, before. That right. has happened before. So it's a good way to get there. Um, talk to a lot of the pro staff from a lot of these companies, uh, listen in on some of the seminars and things like that. And then again, like Scott said, get your hands on the products and, uh, see how they feel. You get to go around and test out all the different shacks that are there. Maybe pick up some of the augers. So, I mean, it helps you make that decision on what you want to buy and, they're going to have the best damn deals of the whole year there. So, yep, I, I think that uh, uh, I think that's one of the things that that really is special about the the Ice Institute is the fact you know if, if you're in the if you're in the market for a new ice suit, you walk to Clam, throw on an ice armor suit. You walk over to Striker, throw on a Striker suit. You walk over to Eskimo, throw on an Eskimo suit. There, you know, I mean, you get to compare every single one right yep. then and there. Uh, they're going to have big inventories of each one. It's not like, uh, you know, golly, I'd really like to try a, an extra large and you know, they, they don't have it. Trust me, they're going to have it. Everything's going to be there. If you're interested in a custom rod, there's going to be a bunch of guys there selling custom rods. And, uh, instead of, you know, the, these long, you know, 30, 40, 50 day lead times that you might be facing, you know, later on in December and January, as these guys really get built, uh, uh, you know, uh, get busy. The they're they're going to have these rods right there. Pick one right off the shelf. Walk away with it that night. Um, I don't know. It's not only that. A lot of like different custom baits, like custom, oh yeah, yep, custom lures and stuff like that that you can actually see. I mean, you can look at some of these things online and try to get an idea of it, but like seeing them right there in person and having them in your hands, it's just like, oh yeah, that's what I, that's what I got to have. And again great deals on all this stuff yep and, and not only that you know what the best part about it is you can walk around and you can listen to todd and josh raz us every time they walk by our booth and us raz them every time they walk by our booth we do the razzing right no one razzes me <laughs> no one it's just like you heard it here first it's just it's kind of like a roast yeah. uh comedy show um, all in one. You so. said the word roast, and I was like, <laughs> you got pork or hungry. beef? <laughs> yeah, you got a little hungry. I got potatoes it. and carrots. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> we're still your mind, your uh, mind went a little different. Yeah, we're still direction. talking about Dakota Angler. My bad. My bad. So, but uh, if you want to get online uh, beforehand, if you uh, want to get your stuff bought uh, before the Ice Institute, you can go on. Uh, I know that they're still they've still got a lot of great deals. Uh, online on some ice shacks and whatnot uh, use code dirtbag at checkout save yourself some cash but uh no we'd really appreciate uh, seeing all you guys out there at the ice institute and uh like we've mentioned the last couple shows uh um i believe i'm gonna reach out to kyle the owner of the 212 bar in brandon uh it's right outside of sioux falls um just just right on down i-90 um, which I 90s right next to the, uh, right, right. Uh, pretty close to the convention center there. It's an easy shot over there to the two twelve and Brandon, 
Uh, Kyle, the owner, is uh, also hooked on Hardwater Pro. Absolutely spectacular dude. And uh, so I'm going to reach out to Kyle this week and see uh, if he would uh, be willing to accommodate uh, a couple of dirt bags that night. And uh, um, hopefully everything goes right there, and um, that'll that'll be the meeting spot. I think we're going to do Saturday night. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show, but I think we're going to do Saturday night. And, uh, yeah, after the show, just meet up over there at the 212 and have some beers if you're a beer drinker. Have some wings if you're a wing eater. And I know they got spectacular pizza and, and uh, all sorts of stuff. But uh, we'd love to see you guys uh, out there for whoever uh, wants to meet up and hang out afterwards. That's so. right. Again, have some laughs. That's right. So, all right. Uh, you know, obviously, Matt, uh, a lot of people talking about uh, the cooling uh, cooling of temperatures until this weekend. I think it's like supposed to be 86, 86 degrees this weekend. I but, saw that the other day. But, so. uh, but uh, we finally got some uh, fall temperatures uh, these last uh, couple days starting to feel pretty nice. Uh, the is, is really cooling down overnight. Um, I know that we've had a couple nights even drop into the 30s already, yeah. and uh, I don't know. This this is my favorite time of the year. The the leaves are starting to drop. Uh, you know, we get a lot of red and yellow trees, and I don't know. My my allergies don't love it, but I just personally this is <laughs> this is my time right. of year. Football, whatever. Aside from the Iowa Hawkeyes getting their ass beat by penn state but uh we won't talk about that on this show because we're all about positivity that's but, exactly uh, right we are but uh you know people start talking a lot about fall fishing and they start talking about uh, uh fish moving up shallow fish moving up shallow got to start targeting them because uh the fish are moving up shallow and you know before we started kind of recording here matt uh, we were talking about it you know what exactly you know what what's, what's making these on? fish yeah, yeah what's going on with it that's causing these fish to move back up shallow or move to different parts of the lake and stuff like that yep so uh there's only one real way to answer that question and that's uh the uh, uh fisheries biologist from the state of minnesota our good buddy too tall scott mockentoon directly from minneapolis and uh, so I text Scott and said, hey, you want to hop on for a couple minutes and uh, chat about this? He said, sure. So uh, with that being said, we're going to call Scott and uh, we're going to get to the bottom of this science. Hello, hello. Hola. How's it going? Going pretty well. How are you guys tonight? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, you know, we're kind of running into a couple questions here talking about uh, the cooling water temperatures and whatnot. So we only figured it was right that the audio biologists call the fisheries biologist and, uh, uh, you know, kind of ask the fish questions. If you've got any questions about MP3 podcasting recording, you, you may call us. That's that's very true. I mean, I'm honored to know that the other two guys didn't pick up their phone, so you called number three, and here that's I am. Right. <laughs> yeah. yep, oh, yep, that uh, that was exactly we, it. Uh, we figured they'd probably be uh, in bed by now or something like that, and figured you'd be burning the midnight oil. So that's why we called. You. Well, they've just probably flat out got better stuff to well, be doing. That's true. Than, I mean, well, they're they're dedicated. They're they're working hard. They're early risers, going to bed early, and they're know, not out slacker. ruining fisheries. Well, they're, and, yeah, they're not probably sitting behind a desk all day they're probably actually out there <laughs> that's why they're one and two that's why they're one and two yeah live action <laughs> actually putting the the data to uh use out there yep yep so exactly. 
So, Scott, uh, the, the questions that we have, uh, obviously, uh, the, the night times have been getting uh, down, you know, pretty pretty cool, you know, 40s and whatnot. Uh, the day times, we're not hitting the, the 80s and 90s consistently like what we had been throughout the summer, and the water temperatures are dropping. Uh, you know, and, and everyone talks about these fish are starting to move shallow again, that the water temperature is dropping, moving, moving shallow. And so we want to know what is it that's making these fish move shallow? Is it, is it actually the water temperature? Is it the days shortening up? Uh, what is it that's actually making them do that? Well, it's, it's kind of all of the above. Um, realistically, these are, these are fish that are just responding to those environmental cues, right? You've got photo period like you're alluding to daylight length is changing. Um, today, if I, if I read it correctly, um, we just had our, our, uh, autumnal equinox. So, uh, we had 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of night time. So really yeah, dead even just, Scott and I were just yep. discussing that before we called you. Exactly. Like, we were pretty sure that's what it was. We were going to tell you about it if you didn't know. Yes. <laughs> So uh, things are things are leveling out that way. There's there's that response, and you got to think that these fish too are you know getting ready for winter to come. They're they're gonna you know be in that sort of ideal temperature range for metabolic activity. So all these fish have a different um, range of temperatures that they're accepted, right? That that you can find them within. They are here in the Midwest, and they're living in certain lakes, and they've got a wide temperature range. But there's also that optimal range, and we're starting to settle into that optimal range for a wide variety of fish where, yeah, they do really get after things. They, they feed. Um, you know, I think just speaking in general about the fall, there are certain fish species that primarily those large predators that are cued in to prey items that they'll chase around this time of year getting ready for winter. Um, there's some fall spawning ciscos that muskie and pike will chase around. Um, there's usually a fall run of some minnow species, some shiners. Um, and I know on our, our larger Minnesota lakes, there's runs of those shiners that, uh, that fish will, fish will kind of chase after into the shallows. And yeah, it's just sort of following the forage, following the photo period and, and getting into those optimal temperatures. And the big driver that really places those fish anywhere is fall turnover. And you guys were kind of hitting on that where, we're talking about water temperatures coming down. And if you think about our lakes that stratify, in other words, they're layered, you start thinking about uh, uh, putting those layers of Play-Doh together and your top layer is the is the epilimnion and the, the lower layer is the hypolimnion and the middle band in the middle, so many anglers refer to as the thermocline is also called the metalimnion. Well, that top layer is starting to cool and as it cools, the density starts to actually change of the water and it sinks and it starts sinking below that metalimnion and into the hypolimnion. At the same time, as our waters are cooling off and becoming closer in temperature range, the variance really shrinks. At the same time, we start getting wind activities, right? Changing seasons, fall starts to come in, you get some big blows, waterfall hunters really like it when the wind really blows and pushes the ducks down. Well, those those big blows along with those cool nights cools off the water rapidly and physically the wind pushing it around will actually cause enough disruption to break through that metalimnion break up that thermocline and mix the whole lake up and we'll get that turnover effect and then you'll often see kind of a cloudy uh the lake will kind of cloud up a little bit 
the top layer sinks to the bottom, the bottom comes to the top, and you have everything evenly mixed. And you will know when fall turnover is complete when you have uniform temperatures from top to bottom. Now, what do, what do fish do when all of a sudden, I mean, this, this got to be kind of a wild thing for a fish, like all of a sudden, it, it, wouldn't it be like, you know, I mean, that, that'd be pretty, pretty nuts. I mean, do they just go, do they just kind of go dormant for a couple of days or is it like no big deal? I think for I think they adjust to it over time. <clears throat> you know the temperature thing in the fall, like I was saying earlier, that that gradient or that change in temperatures, you know, is not so vast as we as it shrinks and shrinks and we get further into the fall. But the thing that's tied in with those temperatures and those different stratification layers is dissolved oxygen. Until that fall turnover happens that hypolimnion has very low oxygen levels to the point that fish can't inhabit those areas. Once we've had the fall turnover and that's complete, there is ideal temperature and oxygen across the entire lake, and all of a sudden the entire lake is hospitable to those fish. So it really makes the usable area of the lake a lot bigger. And at some point those fish can move on and disperse, but a lot of times because either the drive of you know seeking prey or wanting to find cover or whatever it might be, you're still predictably going to find them in certain areas. Um, now, is the fall turnover something that only happens in lakes, or does it also happen in rivers and, like, streams? Just just in lakes. Um, our, our rivers, because there's actually movement and flow, right. everything's pretty evenly mixed there. I mean, there's there's isovels occurring. If you ever watch rivers, you kind of see them moving at different directions, but from a temperature or oxygen perspective, it's, it's usually pretty uniform. Huh. Now, when I think about uh, a fish, you know, something that lives in water or whatever, uh, cooling temperatures to me kind of makes me think like, oh, these these fish are going to become more lethargic, slow down, whatever. That's not necessarily the case uh, in in the next month here, is it? Uh, They're going to start be putting on the food bag and and, uh, be pretty active, right? Yeah, I just think it's a it's an opportunity thing. They're they're in those ideal optimum temperatures. And their prey items are where they want them to be. There's usually plenty of forage around, so they kind of get after it a little bit. And it's it's been noted. You know, you look at tournament anglers, fishing guides. I mean, so many folks, myself included, don't put in the time to fish in the fall. And, again, I'll, I'll defend that decision because there's a scarcity of time to hunt in the fall versus you can fish pretty much year-round in the Midwest. But that being said, those folks that go out in the fall, they have the lakes to themselves, and they have phenomenal fishing. So I do know some diehard angling-only friends that, you know, that's their that's their thing. They don't hunt at all, and they, they, they look forward to the fall. It's the absolute best time to go fishing. Now, you hear a lot of them talking about, too, that it's like the fall can kind of be feast or famine. Some days you can go out there and you can just get after them. In other days, it seems to be a struggle. Is does, does that have to do with maybe, like, you know, fronts coming in, rising and dropping temperatures, or are the, the fish schooled up a lot more this time of year and uh, moving around a lot? Well, I would say if I had the answer to that question, I'd, I'd probably quit and be a fishing guide, right? But no, it's, it's, it's a fair question, and you're right, those, those patterns exist. There's, there's days that they're jumping in the boat, and other days it's a little bit tougher. But uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, putting the pattern together, figuring out where they're at. Um, yeah, they might be a little more moody. You know, it's sort of like spring fishing where um, our temperatures and our weather patterns are somewhat stable unless we get a nasty storm that blows in in the summer months. And that stability 
you know, probably brings about stable fishing. But those shoulder seasons in spring and fall have a lot more variability. And you're right, there's probably some level of impact on fish behavior and the moods that they get into. So it can be very good, and yet probably uh, there are those days that it can be tough fishing out there too. Unless you have forward-facing sonar, then you're automatically you're just going <laughs> to yeah. catch them, right? Right. Then, then you're just, just going to catch the them. <laughs> no survivors. No survivors. <laughs> uh, all right, Scott. Uh, I told you that we'd make it short and sweet, and I appreciate you hopping on. But, uh, um, you know, you, you quickly reminded me again how much smarter I am than uh, the average person. And uh, I feel I feel sorry for some of the dirtbags that are listening right now trying to decipher that last 10 minutes. They're on Google right now. <laughs> yep. Equinox. What is he talking about cars for? <laughs> Chevy. Always, always happy to join you guys and... Uh... You know, take my jabs from from the dirt bags and the and the hosts of the podcast. So uh, well, like, you guys keep up the good work. Like yep. Scott said, from the audio biologist to the fish biologist. You know, we're all on the same team. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Just biology. Exactly. Must have been a, a slow uh, year up there at the Aglow. Uh, um, up at the Aglow convention, I saw you took home a couple awards. Yeah. So, so obviously, people uh, weren't. Uh, uh, weren't sending in their work quite like they should have. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. You can't win if you don't apply. So, uh, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen uh, the Midwest Angler podcast put in for the top top podcast. So Next, these, year. Next year. Next year. Next year. Is there a category for that up there? There is. There is. There is. Holy yeah. buckets, man. Yeah, I think, uh, I think those judges would get about – 15 seconds in and hear hello what's up dirt bags and they'd be like oh boy this this one's last so no we we had a to wrap it up i you know for the conference we had a great time so it's the association of great lakes outdoor writers but uh even though that implies a regional basis for uh copywriters it's really any outdoor communicators uh anywhere across the united states we get people from Oh, I think we have 43 different, we have 43 different states represented in our total membership. And, uh, yeah, we had a great conference. We saw the Northern Lights last week on Monday, hosted a fishing tournament with the good people at Fish Donkey, uh, out on Lake Bemidji. We, in four hours, boated quite a number of fish, um, just had a phenomenal time up there. Great, great networking, met lots of great people and, you know, Northland Tackle was a, was a sponsor uh, for the contest. There's you know just thinking of one minnesota-based fishing company that's located right in bemidji um lots of other sponsors too many to name really but just a great time a great learning experience look forward to going to the conference uh every year that i can and learn a little bit more hang out with some friends come home with some cool stuff story ideas and uh, tools and and lures and you name it so it was a very good time and now it's canada next week right yeah, it's uh, whew, the countdown is on um, about ten days, and yeah, I'll be heading up to Delta Marsh to uh, to do some hunting up there and learn about all the exciting uh, wildlife research. It's just a storied history of, of waterfall research up at Delta Marsh for the Delta Waterfall Gang. That's awesome. Whew. just hard to keep up with, Mister International. Say, geez, keep keeping busy. Yep. Frequent flyer miles. So. <laughs> All right, Scott, uh, we do appreciate you uh, taking time and hopping on the show. And uh, as always, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, well, we'll just, we'll, we'll have you on here again in the next couple months. 
Sounds good. Always a pleasure, guys. Take care. All right. Thanks. See ya. And that was our good buddy Scott Mockentune using all the big words and uh, just uh, confusing me about 24 seconds in. Yeah, that's for sure. He starts <laughs> using those big words and it's kind of like, all right, I'm just going to sit here. And uh, the nice thing about podcasting like this is like you can't see like the confusion on our face. Like, right. I think he said photosynthesis at one point uh, in time. I know, and, right. Yeah. And, you know, that must be the underwater plants. He could really be feeding us just full of a bunch of BS, but he's so confident with the words that he's using that it's just like it's one of those deals like yeah, okay, I believe yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, I believe him. Sounds, yeah. That, yeah. That sounds about right. I mean, it, it was nice of him to take time uh to, you know, visit with us as he sat in probably a traffic jam up there in the cities, you know, cuz I mean, traffic it's always bad, so He was probably in a cab. Yeah, that's probably what I was in a cab. Say, I yeah. think when you're in big cities like that, you don't drive everybody to drive, work. You, right. You, everybody rides yeah. in a cab. Or a subway, probably a yeah, subway, the metro, yeah, the, rail the metro, or, yeah, something yeah. like that. I yeah. mean, so no, it's definitely some interesting stuff. Like I think that a lot of us try to think that we know what's going on, but there's more to it than just yeah, the water's cooling down, so yeah. you know the fish are fish yeah. are sick and tired of being deep. They want to be up by the shore. <laughs> the like, leaves, there's the, more to it. The leaves are at a dark brown right now instead of a light brown or light yellow. So. I think that since the docks and the boats are starting to come out, it gives the fish more room, room. up by that's shore. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly, exactly what it is. As the water cools down, they're less worried about kids jumping off the dock on them. Is it, yep. There we go. I like that theory. That's, I Don't want to get run over by a pleasure wrong. boat. Prove me wrong. That's why they go out Prove deep. me wrong. They're afraid of the pleasure boats. Exactly. So now they Pleasure boats and kids cannonballing. Yep. They do not... Water temp and weather have nothing to do with it. Yeah, they start pulling off docks. Fish aren't worried about kids cannonballing. Start moving shallow. Yep. Last thing you want to do is take an elbow from little Timmy. And <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> mess, your, mess your whole day up. Yep. Give you the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's getting to be that time of the year where, you know, kind of like he said, a lot of guys are trying to take an opportunity of that short window of hunting season. And, yep. uh get out there and for a lot of the diehards the guys that can go i mean it is true like they can have the lake to themselves and uh you know a lot of people are watching football on saturdays and sundays now and doing a lot of different things so the lake is wide open yep so i so i actually read a really interesting stat today and it's funny that uh this just kind of segues right in I, I wanted to mention it at some point in the show but uh I read a statistic today that 67% of hunters fish, but only 21% of fishermen hunt. Now, I don't know what makes you decide which one you for sure are, but uh, it's actually really kind of interesting. Um, uh, There there was a link to a whole entire article, but uh, um, let me see here. I saved it on my phone, but... uh, it was actually really interesting. Uh, um, national participation in hunting is only 4% of the American population. Wow. Uh, 14% fish. So that, that I kind of found pretty interesting. But uh, uh, also in 1955, uh, the average hunter spent $91.98 a year on hunting. <laughs> the average fisherman spent $79.49 uh, a year fishing. Uh, they hunted eight and a half days a year. Um, they took five and a half trips 
and they drove to hunt 206 miles and to fish 319 miles like in in a year so yeah i I really found uh, that was from the u.s fish and wildlife service uh angler and hunter surveys from 1955 90 dollars basically you can average it out the average outdoorsman spent 85 dollars a year uh pursuing that passion and uh boy has that changed but uh um no you know i i just really i kind of up up here in the midwest obviously fishing is king because at the end of the day all you really have to do is go down to the local hardware store go online quick print out a license and you can grab the old ugly stick and head to the local pond drown a worm and yep you're a fisherman but uh i i personally feel like most people that i know if they're if they're fishermen they also hunt if they're hunters they also fish yep i mean do you personally know anyone that hunts that doesn't fish yeah well yeah you do yeah i know people that don't really strictly hunt yeah do not fish i don't i know some people that i've never seen actually go out there and fish very much really that are like definitely now, hunters now i know some people that fish that do not hunt right and and by fish i mean i don't mean like like i mentioned earlier you know the guy that goes out two times a year uh you know just to drown a worm just to say that they're fishing uh you know i mean le- legitimate fishermen that just flat out don't hunt i feel like that's probably more common right i feel like do you think that there's more hunters that ice fish than open water fish or do you think that hunters open water fish more than they ice fish i would say that they ice fish more that's what i would say and i i really i just flat out feel over the last few years ice fishing is really gaining popularity yeah you know because of what i've said a million times before it it just evens the playing field yeah when you know you you can get out there when, when you don't have to have a boat you can literally go anywhere on the lake and and go and fish Whereas in the summertime, if you want to go out on Westlake Okoboji, there's like three public spots to fish. And otherwise, you know, you know, yeah, that, you know that, yeah. that's where you're at, where, you know, when it comes to ice fishing, the I, only, the only limit is how far you're willing to hoof it. Yep. And I think too, it's helped with the, you know, with the equipment involved with ice fishing now too with like the electric augers we've talked about that before in the insulated houses and stuff like that oh for sure for sure the comforts of it is it's not so bad you can still go out there on a on a pretty cold day and still be really comfortable compared to what it once was probably when we first started i mean look at how far it's come just from when we really got into ice oh absolutely where it is now absolutely but I don't know. There, uh, obviously, there's there's quite a bit of crossover with hunting and fishing, and and with October starting here, you know, obviously a lot of the waterfowl seasons have have started to uh, open up across the Midwest. And uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you, my brother and Ramrod and and uh, uh, JP at work, they've been doing a lot of talking about deer hunting, and it's I, I mean, it's I'm a not week away. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying you know. I, anyone who knows me knows like if i'm gonna hunt i i want a mule deer hunt out at the cox ranch and that's about it um you know the whitetail hunting back here i uh, don't get me wrong like if i had unlimited time you know i would certainly love to do it but honestly i'd rather go fishing on a fall day than than go hunting and that's just me personally but uh um 
I don't know. I've, I've kind of, I kind of got a little bit of, I kind of got a little bit of whitetail fever. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I think I maybe I'll try to do the, uh, the Iowa early muzzleloader season and hopefully get out two, three times and, you know, whatever happens, happens and, um, whatever. But, uh, uh, you, you, you know, obviously you've got a, you've got a hunting dog that, uh, you spend a lot of time with, uh, outside of, uh, pheasant hunting. Do you got any plans or? Oh, I'll, I'll probably get, eventually get a bow tag and get out there and do a little bit of that. I like to go on, out and sit every once in a while. But again, like you said, there's times where it's like the whole time factor. I'll probably, yep. I did the second season shotgun Iowa last year and that worked out pretty decent for me. So I'll probably do that again what's that shotgun yeah that was shotgun. What was it okay yeah. i was thinking that you did the late muzzleloader no it was it felt like late muzzleloader season because we had a hell of a snowstorm blow in that like that week and that yep. night that i was yep. out so um other than that uh just those is probably what i'll get to and like i've told you before i am that out of all the ice seasons like every year i enjoy ice fishing more and more Yep. And, and it, 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 it has to do with like what you said. I can just throw all my equipment in the back of my truck and it's just like load up and go. And there's a lot of like the nice thing about the ice fishing thing is that there's a lot of like ponds and stuff like that yep. that are easy access for us in between here and like Okaboji. So, you know, we've kind of started exploring more of those things the last few years. So if we want to just quick jump out and just drive a half an hour and get on a pond and here in a couple of years, hopefully ours gets fishable in town and stuff yep, like that. Yep. And uh, we can be out on the ice in a matter of 15, 20 minutes. Right. And you don't have to, I mean, at the end of the day, like you can go out there for a couple hours and fish and uh, all you got to do is pop a couple holes and uh, try it out and then throw your stuff in the truck again and then you're on your way home. And when you get home, you don't even have to really, I mean, you can, you take your Bexlar and stuff like that right, inside right. to charge up. But other than that, I mean, it's just kind of, Yep. That's what it is when you get home. And, you know, for us, we don't, we rarely keep fish, so you don't have to worry about the whole cleaning fish when you get home. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're out there for a couple hook sets and, and that's, right. uh, that's that. But, uh, um, no, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it this whole hunting season and it's coming at us fast and I don't know, I'm, I'm just kind of kind of looking forward to it yeah you kind of do after you've been away from it for a while all of a sudden you kind of get that little itch you all of a sudden you see a couple videos online and it's just like i need to do that a little bit more again yeah i don't know maybe when the first uh snow falls and i gotta go out there and scoop i'll be like what the or the first time you're talking si- about you're sitting out there in the blind or out in the tree stand and all of a sudden it's like whoa starting to get cold in a hurry yep it's like well that's when you want to be out there well i don't know that's what i mean yeah. i don't know yep. <laughs> yeah yeah no that's a, my, my brother can go ahead and sit out there and it just call me when you need somebody to drag a deer out so well that's i think that's for one of the that's a lot of fun for you and i and like oh, some that, of us i, I, mean, I, I told him that, that i just yeah i just i i can't even wait to just right. text message back and forth like what are you seeing and yep. and but yeah, that that when when Eric calls and he's like, "Yep, round up the troops." And yep. I mean, you know the, you know, I'll text you and text Ramrod and and whatever, and we'll all hop in a truck, you know, five six guys and go out there and track. That's uh that's a blast, especially when you find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. We've we've been on the not good side of that too, and that's uh but it, that's but pretty it's defeating. Fun. But it's yeah. pretty fun for us to be able to go out. I, I feel like we're a pretty good tracking crew and uh we do a pretty good job of working together and stuff like that and it's it kind of fun to like 
spot the blood and oh, yep. there's just something about blood trailing that is yep. kind of enjoyable nope i 100 agree 100 agree um one more uh thing that i want to touch on uh we are three weeks into the midwest angler podcast biggest loser competition and as of this morning uh we've got a new leader and that's michael romero uh knocked out uh he's he's up over seven percent uh body fat lost now 7.35 um he's uh he's down 15 pounds that's awesome so uh um as of right now all of us are down um i did uh i actually gained a half a pound uh, over this last week and i was doing really good and uh, then this weekend came, uh, I had a vendor come on Friday that brought some absolutely delicious donuts. It, it kind of looked like everybody had vendors that came out this last week or had something going on where there was a lot of food. Yeah, yeah, I know, know. Uh, I know Kyle Lynn, uh, they had the Oktoberfest deal up there at his, uh, at his job, Productivity, up in uh, the cities. Because uh, we buy some tooling from Productivity, so we got invited, and they had beer, and they had cookies, and they had food, and uh, that that that's not exactly the event uh, when you're when you're in a diet competition. But uh, um, yeah, it it is. It's just uh, it's crazy. We, you know, we can go three months without ever having any vendors show up, and here in the last uh, three weeks, ever since I started this, I think we've got donuts two times once from a trucking company once from a tooling company and uh god dang it it just seems like all the all the good food stuff happens right uh i get that we get a lot of treats in the teacher's lounge oh yeah i'm sure like i'm that. sure it's just it's like all right i'll go down Come on, there yeah. and have one all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 i had a donut i don't give a shit i'm, <laughs> I'm i'll go ahead and, and gain and then on saturday uh I've had ice cream a couple times. Uh, went to Freedom Brew, had uh, had a big old coffee that had ice cream in it, and all. Now, now tonight you were telling Rich and I that you had a salad today with a hot little jalapeno, jalapeno ranch. ranch. I did not when know. When you put that, when you put that down there, I was like, you know, so you didn't know. Okay, I thought I, well, you knowingly had jalapeno ranch. So this is what happened. Uh, I think this one was called a uh, a bacon ranch crunch or something like that. So I took I took the salad out, threw it on the plate. I'm buying these chopped salad kits and whatnot at uh, at the grocery store. So whatever, I'm, I throw everything on there and I start putting this ranch on there. I'm not a big ranch guy as is, but uh, I'm like, golly, this this ranch's got a little bit of a red tint to it. And uh, so I go back. I'm like, eh, what the? F-? You know, if this is a damn Chipotle ranch or something like that, I'd be so damn pissed off. But uh, I pull the thing out and it says Jalapeno Ranch, Jalapeno. But uh, so I so I kind of dip a little bit on my uh, on my fingy and uh, take a look at it and uh, uh, you know I mean there, there there was a little bit of spice to it, but I'll be honest, like not even enough to not even enough for me to say like it it just didn't taste straight like ranch. It was like yeah you know like I, th- there's a little something there, but I'll be honest, it actually wasn't bad. Not right. even bad at all. Like on a scale of one to ten, it was a one. But uh, um, actually, it, it was it was pretty good. Uh, you know, I I got to switch it up. You know, you you mentioned it the other day. I've been eating Caesar salads like, and I love Caesar salads, but I've been eating Caesar salads for like seven meals in a row. Like 
Caesar salad for lunch, Caesar salad for supper, Caesar salad for lunch, Caesar salad for supper, like three, four days in a row and, and just had to do a little bit of something different. I grilled up a whole bunch of chicken breasts and, uh, uh, then was freezing them. And then I was just pairing that along with all yeah. these salads. And, uh, I, I, I done, I done chicken myself out. Like I, <laughs> that, that was like, uh, you know, probably happened, 10 yeah. days straight where it was like, fuck chicken. I'm so damn <laughs> sick and just tired of chicken. Like, I don't care if I don't see chicken again. I'm still loving Caesar salads, but fuck chicken. But, uh, so we actually, we bought some pulled pork, like those little pulled pork deals. Like, you know, that come in these tubs that you're supposed yep. to heat up and whatnot. You know, I, I'm sure that the barbecue sauce and whatever else isn't that good, but for fuck's sake, guys, like I'm, I'm, I'm used to eating seven cheeseburgers in a freaking day. Like at the end of the day, I don't give a shit if I got a little bit of, uh, pulled pork along with a salad. I'm still eating a dang salad. So whatever it's, it's been going, I, as you can tell, because I said seven swear words <laughs> in the last three minutes, like, uh, you know, we're three weeks in and then we, you know, it just, it's, it's getting to that, that point. point. It's getting to We've that point. We've all been to that point. Well, and you know, the, the crap part about it is like, we go to this grocery store and we're going through and, you know, we're buying slate, you know, freaking Oreo cookies and then chocolate covered fudge cookies. And, oh, would you look at that? Like, you know, we're, we're getting all these like freaking just delicious snacks and, you know, so every single night, like I'm sitting here, like we're, we're eating supper at, you know, five 30 or whatever, getting done eight, eight 30, you know, I'm kind of sitting around watching TV and it's like, God dang it. I'm kind of hungry. Snack, yeah. And and you know that you got all these snacks just oh, like yeah. 15 steps away. They're just calling and, your name. Yeah. And it's like, Scott fight the urge, fight the urge. And, and you know, that's what pisses people off. Like that's what, that's what gets me mad. Like. I'm I'm right now sitting at the bottom of the stairs, knowing that there's a whole pile of great snacks right upstairs that I'm not gonna eat because I'm freaking on a diet. But whatever, we got 15, 16 other guys that are doing the exact same thing, and uh, we're we're all kicking ass right now. We truly are. And uh, have you guys have you added up the total weight loss? I I should. I mean, we got to be well over 100 pounds, you know, right. between all of us right now. Um, Although, like. You know, you guys did the whole, you guys always do the scale pictures on Mondays and stuff like that. Have you ever seen any anybody's feet stubbier than Kyle Lynn's? <laughs> Does he got some stubby little he got guys? Little stubby little I haven't noticed. I'm going to check it out. Little smoky, <laughs> little he's smoky toes. He's not going to be happy with you. He's That's not all right. Be he happy told me he's you. got a long ride. He's got a long drive. I'm sure about at this point, he's sending me a Snapchat right now saying, like, he's going to be stop removing himself. Fun of my, my little feet. He's going to remove himself from the, from the, uh, from the group. Uh, what I'm worried about is we got a couple of these dudes with some shiny scales. Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking, you know yep. where I'm getting yep. at here? Yeah. There's that reflection. Yeah. And I don't want to <laughs> see, see, I don't want to see the egg rolls and dumplings yeah. up there. <laughs> the dumplings. Settle down, fellas. Cover yep. it up. Yep. Cover Make it sure up. that we yeah, watch those reflections. Um, so <laughs> ain't no one want to see that shit yep don't you thought, don't Ky you thought kyle's you thought kyle's little stubby toes were bad with <laughs> that little stubby that. egg roll <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, oh man whatever like i said michael romero uh first place uh um we've 
Yeah, Jacob White, I believe, in second. Uh, like I said, I gained a half a pound this week. Not great, but uh, whatever the case, we're all uh, we're all in the right direction right now. We're doing good. So, uh, um, yeah, that is what it is. Uh, Freedom Brew, good news. Do we want to talk about the custom ice rod? Contest Ooh, of course all? we do. Why didn't you mention it earlier? I don't know. Go ahead. Talk about it. We're doing our second annual custom ice rod <laughs> competition at the Dakota Angler Ice Institute this winter on November like we did last year. Uh, what do we have last year? 12, 13 entries, something Was like it that? Was it that many? I thought we were up That's there. That's impressive. Or maybe 10, or maybe 10. I don't know. It might have been 10, um, 9 or 10, but... Uh, Anybody that's interested uh, can definitely get involved. We've already had a lot of guys uh, reach out and say that they wanted to build a rod for the competition. Uh, we we got, had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11. Good okay. memory. Yep. 11. So, so uh, yeah, we've had some guys already reach out, say they want to do it again this year. Um, it's a very fun, just friendly competition. We do a people's choice and a judge's choice award for the for it um it's all voted on like i said the people's choice one all voted on by the people that are there at the show um yeah if you're interested in building a rod we had some guys that never built one built one last year for the first time and actually yep. finished pretty well absolutely they did but uh no if you're interested in um if you're interested in uh, doing it, uh, Midwest Angler, what is our email address? Midwest Angler one at gmail.com. Yep, or uh, private message the uh, the Facebook page. Um, we will uh, get you any information that you need. Um, yeah, I think uh, for the most part that's it. Um, the, rods. The, the rods are donated yep. to us, which we turn around and donate them. Uh, uh, to the Rapid City Club for Boys uh, through the the Hooked on Hardwater deal. Um, you know, in la- last year we kind of advertised it that they were all going to go to the uh, Hooked on Hardwater auction at the banquet. And, um, you know, when you all of a sudden show up with, you know, 16 rods to the banquet, um, you know, if you sell 16 rods for, um, you know, $100 or if you sell eight for $200, um, you know, the, the, they, they kind of spread it out. I believe a couple ended up going to uh, South Dakota Youth Hunting Adventures, which uh, is also just a spectacular deal where uh, um, they um, auctioned them off to, to help that organization uh, get kids in the outdoors. At the end of the day, um, the, they'll, they'll be given out there to the Rapid City Club for Boys. However, they elect to use them. Um, you know, if they decide to give one to a boy, if they decide to auction it off, if they decide to give it to South Dakota youth hunting adventures, uh, what, what we're trying to say is it's going to benefit the youth out there in rapid city. And, uh, we are not gaining, uh, in any way. We're not, we're not taking them. We're not selling them and pocketing any money. It's going out there. Um, it's all if, for if, a good cause. Yep. If you have any questions, reach out to the Rapid City Club for boys, uh, Chantel McDonald, Maggie Young, uh, Craig EXL Euler. They'll let you know that uh, everything's on the up and up there. But, uh, um, no, we'd appreciate it if uh, if you are a custom rod builder to, uh, to, to reach out. Hopefully you've got enough time to put together a masterpiece. That's exactly right. Yep. So, 
now is it Freedom Brew Good now News it's Stories? Freedom Brew. Freedom Good Brew News Good News Stories of the week. Uh, I'm gonna start it off. Brought to you by Freedom God Brew. Dang it! What? Larchwood, Iowa. The best damn coffee around. The absolute best. I actually went there this past Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I was feeling a little. Uh, uh, just needed to get out of the house on Saturday morning, so uh, we ended up going up to Sioux Falls, going out to eat. On the way back, I knew I knew the second we left Sioux Falls, it was about to go down. We were swinging in there when we got to town, and uh, you know, normally I always do the caramel frappe. Uh, Aubrey still got a caramel frappe, said it was spectacular, but Grady did a vanilla bean frappuccino, I think is what right. it was. And so I was like, yeah, is that pretty good, Greg? And he goes, yeah, that's pretty good. Holy shit, that was really good. That was really good. And, and I mean, it was like coffee ice cream explosion. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. If you're a vanilla fan, that's probably one you got to have too. Car- caramel frappes are, are the bomb.com. Vanilla bean frappuccinos the bomb.com. I've got this really wild feeling that it don't matter what the hell you get from Freedom Brew. It's all good. Bomb.com. Everything I've had there has been... 10 good. out of 10. Yep. Uh, they're, they've even got a couple 11 out of 10s. Yeah, that's right. You it's, didn't think it was possible? It is. But it is. It is. For Freedom Brew. Yep. Austin and Brianna are absolutely the best people in the whole entire world. Swing over there. It is worth your drive from anywhere here in the upper Midwest. So, uh, good news story. Um, actually, so we went over on Sunday to Okaboji. Uh, pulled the kids' jet skis out, and uh, um, we were over at the Emerson Bay boat ramp, and I see this trailer there and said Southwest Iowa fishing team, blah, 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 TBF, whatever. So I went up there, and I was kind of BSing with the guy and, you know, just seeing what was going on. Yeah, TBF, regional, uh, Iowa, South Dakota, Nebraska, um I don't remember who the hell else was all there, but uh, Iowa, South Dakota, Nebraska, I think it was those three for sure. Uh, Bass Federations was having a regional tournament there to see who would go on to nationals. And uh, the crazy part is I actually kind of name-dropped a couple people uh, just to see if any of them were fishing, and guys like, no, no, never heard of him, no, 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 he ain't fishing, whatever. And I even asked Colby Van Beek, and no, no, Colby ain't fishing. All right, no, not Colby. <laughs> was. I was like Chris Miller, and no, no, not Chris Miller, and and maybe Chris Miller was, and I'm not 100 percent sure, but no, Colby Van Beek for sure as shit was, and yeah. it's like what the hell. But uh, Troy Deedy, our good buddy, uh, South Dakota State record smallmouth holder, um, but Troy Deedy actually did uh, let himself. He punched his ticket to the national championship next spring. Uh, Weighed uh, 18 pounds on day one, 20 pounds on day two, and uh, so I was pretty jacked up. Uh, I'm I'm just so damn disappointed that Colby Van Hammersbeek, the initials, was there. Troy Deedy, South Dakota State record smallmouth bass holder, there, and uh, I was literally there 15 minutes before freaking weighing. And I left because I'm like, well, I don't even know any of these guys. Yeah, Jordan Hurt got third. Jordan Hurt was there too. Yeah, he got third. Jesus Christ! Just yeah. the list of who's who. Yeah. So. I mean, when when you pair Jordan Hurt, Troy Deedy, Colby Van Hammersbeek, and me all in one weigh-in, 
Yeah. It's a good thing I did leave. It is. I That's mean, there's, there's not good. There's God, not the ladies room. would have been there with their tatas hanging out. <laughs> what a mess that have been. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jeez, poon monsoon. <laughs> so it, it was a little rainy on Sunday. So <laughs> That's right. That's what yeah, it would have been. That wasn't the rain, man. Yeah. That wasn't the rain. <laughs> All right, move along. We're going to get in trouble here. It's a podcast, guys. We can say whatever the hell we want. But no, that, that, that was going on over there, so... Yep. Well, I just congrats to Troy DD for getting himself, and I suppose Jordan Hurd also. Yep. Yep. So qualified. Yep. Yeah. Congratulations to those two dudes. Colby even beat caught a six six or yeah, something, something like, like that, that, but uh, just didn't get the bites to go along with it. Yep. Uh, mine is going to go out to uh, a dirt bag listener, uh, Bradley Pierce, from down in Nebraska. Okay. He uh, entered into his first bass open as a co-angler. Shit, yeah, he did. He, he whooped him. Yep, and he, uh, after day one, he was sitting in 20, 20th place. Badass. Um, and then, you know, him and I were messaging a little bit that night and everything. And uh, the next day, he ended up uh, weighing in the biggest bag of the n- tournament for the non-anglers. Did he of really? Day, of day two. The biggest bag on day two. I think he was in the hot seat for and a little bit, He right? was. He sat in the hot seat for a little bit, and he got to kind of do that. Something we've all dreamed of doing. Is you know, before a, he the, sat in it, it was just the seat. But he after, made it he the made hot, hot seat. seat. I definitely it was just see the that. seat before that. Uh, ended up finishing fourth place out of 122 yeah. people. So uh, that was pretty sweet. Uh, congratulations to him. Um, like you said, uh, this is something that he's kind of dreamed of his whole life, and... Uh, kind of put his nose down and got it done and him and i were talking after the tournament a little bit too and he said the way it sounded they were going to come out with their open schedule later on this week and he's like we should really do one you like we should all we should go to one i was like well scott and i have talked about it if yeah. they come back up in this area or something like that we'll definitely do it and he said and you got to talk the damn ramrod into doing it too he said all four the drippy of us, ramrod yeah. I was like, yeah, the way the, the way that kid is lucky. Obviously, is he would that really win the damn. Bradley thing. Pierce never met Ramrod in real life. If he had, he wouldn't be inviting <laughs> him along on this that trip. They have because they're both military. That's fellas, right. I so think I'm they do know, know each, each other, other. So I think they do. So no big uh, congratulations to him, and uh, that's pretty darn cool. That is way badass. Way badass. So. All right, guys, uh, I think we're going to call an end to episode 235 with that. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you guys that tunes in every week to uh, to listen to us talk a bunch of nonsense for an hour straight. But uh, if you haven't, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, um, do whatever it is that you do uh, on that podcast platform. But uh, like I said, we appreciate you. And uh, with that, we'll call the end of 235. We'll see you next week on 236. Later. <laughs>